Welcome down to this week's episode of Play Talks Golf, presented by SeedGolf.com, those premium quality golf balls that you can get at half the price. And we're sponsored by Drew's Golf Apparel, who have possibly the best uh, FY21, is that what you call it? Spring Summer 21. The best Spring Summer 21 that you can possibly get on the interwebs. So check them out. That Climber 2 jacket, my fave. This week's episode is a bit different. Well, last week's episode was a bit different. Every week is different, folks. We have done a PGA Championship preview. I say we because the lovely gentleman at Tackling Sport, that Irish sports podcast they should all be tuning into every week. I think they do two episodes a week. Yeah, we got together on Monday night. We did a live stream onto their platforms and they've been kind enough to share the audio with me to also put out this week. So it is 9 a.m. is when this is live right now. And the PGA Championship starts televised in about three or four hours. So if you are a betting man or woman, get those bets on. Best in our predictions this week. Without further ado, we'll hand it over to the very capable gentleman at Tackling Sport. Whose intro is better, theirs or mine? Wrote it there, Roisin. Where did you get these two guys from? <laughs> Welcome along to another Tackling Sport episode and a US PGA preview of golf's second major of the year. And it's Daniel here, joined alongside me as always by my brother Sean. How's it going? Not too bad, Sean. I'm delighted to have a A-list a a panel developed for the US PGA and hopefully we'll pick the winner this week for, for once in a golf preview here in Tackling Sport. But delighted to welcome Paddy from Paddy's Talks Golf. Paddy, how are you? How are you doing? I'm pretty creative with the names. Nice to join a show that's not, that, that is more creative than me. <laughs> yeah, marginally, I think. Uh, well, a little bit more f- uh, creative name here. So it's a sh- delight to welcome Shane O'Connell, founder of Talk Birdie to me. So Shane, welcome to the podcast again. Thanks very much, lads. Great to be back and chat more golf again. We know four lads here are very excited for the week ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, I guess it's it's the Masters is for the public and everyone else. I guess this week is probably, out of all the majors, the one for us golf nerds to really kind of like focus on. But Paddy, I suppose, where does this rank the PGA in the four majors? It's obviously probably the fourth uh, most coveted one, but I guess it's something to look forward to, particularly given the stars of the field this week. Like any like any major, it's like it's it's the who's who of golf, you know, aside from those injured. Uh, so Tiger Woods won't be there and Matthew Wolf won't be there, but everybody else is, is going to be there. Um, where would it rank in the majors? Fourth, obviously. Uh, in, well, in my book, anyway, I suppose in a lot of people's books, it would be. For Jordan Spieth, it's possibly number one at the moment. We might get into that. Um, yeah, like in terms of floor and atmosphere, like they moved it on the schedule so it might get a bit more, I suppose, following. It was always like the fourth major, the last one. And it, it always kind of threw up like a random winner. And, and that still kind of might be the case. But yeah, fourth. And like I'd be saying, the players is almost a stronger event, you know, as the fifth major. But um, that's a bit controversial. But yeah, that wouldn't be like me to be controversial. <laughs> no, it's a good start. But I think why Yang comes to mind when you say surprise winners straight away, uh, like just his first thing I, I thought of. But yeah, exactly. Oh, you could, the list could go on and on. But like, I suppose, Shane, you'd, you'd agree with that. Interesting what Paddy said about the move to May. And obviously that happened just before COVID. I think it was 2019 uh, was the first year before the, uh, the, they moved it to May. But I guess that's probably made it marginally more important given its place in the calendar now. Yeah, I definitely agree with Paddy when you were saying it kind of gets forgotten about when it was in August. And I suppose it's a bit of a different major for just so many PGA pros in America do get into it. So there's a bit of added hype for them locally. Then for us, obviously, at the other side of the pond, we'd love to see another major to be moved out of America, I suppose, and visit. Obviously, we're going to be biased with the Irish courses, but there is so many. Even you look at Royal Melbourne that had the President's Cup and there, I suppose, there definitely is scope to move it out of the US. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with Paddy that it's the the least important major in my eyes. And even look back to last time I was here in 2012, there was such a different leaderboard. We'll remember Rory, but we'll get into the other lads that appeared on it. And I suppose there was a lot of uh, Europeans did well that week. So hopefully uh, for the PGA this week, we might be cheering a few Europeans. Yeah, Sean, are you going to make it three and out and three and out in terms of you know fourth in the the major this? Oh yeah, look, I think it is, but uh, it's an interesting one with the calendar. I used to think it was it was good because you had Firestone the week before, and remember Harrington in in two thousand nine, Yang went one. He was in contention both weeks, 
and uh, he kind of fell away a little bit. But it, I think it definitely had to move, especially obviously in a, in, a, in, a, in an Olympic year. But but with all everything with Ryder Cup on the horizon as well, you don't want golfers to be overworked going into that kind of busy period. Um, and I think it is good that you know the majors are split early in the season and. You know, I think it makes so much sense to move uh, the PGA out of America, but obviously it's it's the PGA they they want to keep it uh, on American soil, and you know it's probably similar to a, a WGC where you know it's crying out to be moved around the world, but you know money talks and and every kind of part of sport. But no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's it's a pretty iconic um, iconic track as well. You know, I've, a lot of people will have probably seen the 1991 Ryder Cup and all the different highlights of that, the war and the shore and stuff. And, you know, I remember Rory winning here and, you know, hopefully something like that could, could maybe inspire Rory to go back and, and win it. And, and obviously with the win recently at Quail Hollow, I think it does set up a bit nicer now at this time of year. I think there's a lot more storylines going in into the kind of middle of the season, maybe then at the end when, players are kind of tired and, and a few of them will probably have one eye on the Ryder Cup. So I, I think it, it probably is suited here and, and adds a little bit more value to it. Um, Cause I think this, this time of the season is a really interesting time because you've got a lot of players who are going to be splitting now and coming back to, to Europe for, um, for a few months or a few weeks before uh, the open as well. So I think it is a good time in the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Paddy, I suppose on the course, uh, Kew Island, like uh, for golf fans uh, to cast their minds back to 2012 and Rory winning the USPGA by a staggering eight shots. So I guess there's no point the rest of the field turning up here then this week. Um, you might say that, um, especially now that he's got his head right and he's an extra coach and um, his life is much more settled these days, married and has a kid. And I don't know if you guys have kids, but it's definitely settles you. You know, you don't be thinking about golf all, all the time, but it's golf and it's it's the most random major in terms of winners as well. So it sets up nicely for Rory. He's statistically the best golfer from the field, strokes gained and all that type of gear. But there's a couple of outliers that anyone who is interested in like um, low money, high odds like me um, might be getting stuck into. So like in terms of the course, yeah, it's the longest ever. It was the longest ever back into 2012 as well. Um, you know, so it's not just all of a sudden it always was the longest. <laughs> and so that's not new. Um, something uh, People who want to compare, like the World Handicap came into Ireland here. I haven't done mine, I must do. But the slope rating is 144. So if you're, I haven't, roughly right, like a, my index is like five. I think I'd be like a 12 <laughs> straight away. <laughs> double, <laughs> like, even more than double. More than double, right? And that's a bad 12 as well. Um, so, like, it's incredibly difficult. Um, we won't get too granular. I will, one one item that spoke to me was the, the type of grass, right? And pros like bent grass and this grass and that grass and poana grass and whatever. But there is, wait for it, there is seashore past pollen is what is here, which is high in salt. So it's, it, it's, um, it's very close to the sea, right? So that's why they put it there. So it's more resistant to, to the salt in the, in the sea. So why is that important? That's important because, because there's only two other, there's only two other tournaments uh, that has that type of grass. And that is Puerto Rico and the Mayacoba. And one person in the field, um, I'm going to get into players. I'll just keep going, right? I'll keep going. I won't take the monopoly in the entire podcast, but I'll keep going. It's because of the grass. Mayakoba, Puerto Rico is the same grass. Victor Hoffman's two PGA Tour victories are Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. The only other winner on that type of grass is in like the Zoho over in Malaysia somewhere was Justin Thomas. So there's two picks for you and there, and we might get into in terms of strokes gained all that later on, but the same two names pop up again. <laughs> well, I, I've, my, my housemate here and I've listened to him all weekend tell me to back Victor Hovland at 33s and I know he's got into a little bit of small bit of money as well. So I, I just picturing him listening to this podcast now, to be honest with you, Paddy. So, but yeah, like Shane, on that point, like it, it is very interesting. I know Jordan Speed uh, was doing a no lane up uh, interview and I think he said something along the lines of that he, he, likes um bermuda grass or should suit him or he got the grass wrong basically like a week out from the tournament so it just shows you how unique this tournament is in the calendar yeah 100 percent. and paddy talked about how it's the longest ever champion or major championship course that we're going to see this week and the other thing is there's 10 holes along the water the wind is going to play a huge factor 
So for me, that's going to be a lot of missed greens. You're not going to have guys hitting 14, 15, 16 greens in regulation. So on top of wanting a great ball striker, a big hitter off the tee for this monster of a course, you're going to need someone high up the list and scrambling uh, because they aren't going to hit the same level of greens that to do for the other courses throughout the year, the other majors. So again, I suppose not giving away picks too early, but you look at Jordan's beat this year and he's obviously high in the scrambling charts. Um, and that's where it's going to be an interesting one that it's, you can call it a bomber's course, but at the end of the day, it's going to be that scrambling if the wind gets up. And I've seen obviously some early forecasts and no laying up were tweeting about it earlier that it is supposed to get up to 25 miles per hour at the weekend. So it could cause for a bit of chaos out there. And yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't want to give Shane, it right. too early. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. And Hopefully. I suppose the other thing too is, am I correct in saying this is the first major that we're going to have range finders? So if the wind gets oh, up, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. That, yeah. So uh, now the long course that it is, and if the wind gets up, is that going to play a factor for uh, some of the other players in the field? I suppose you're going to get that yardage if you're hitting it waywards. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to look normal if you're going to see Harry Diamond standing there with a rangefinder in his hand. It's going to be a different spectacle. So, so yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, Sean, just what the echo of the lad said, 7,876 yards the course is going to be playing this week. Yeah, I know. I saw Greg Allen put up a tweet and Ian Poulter was responding. So you can imagine the talk in the locker room about this, you know, and uh, the wind, especially, you know, Shane mentioned it there, there's a lot of holes to play into the water and, you know, the wind, I was reading an article on it that, you know, a member there can, can play the course and if you played it four times in a week, could play in four different directions. It could be, could end up being a 600-yard hole or a 350-yard hole. It's just, that's how strong the wind gusts there and, you know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting this week, oh, as with all major championships. But I, I think, especially around Key Island, I think you know having an experienced caddy is really important. And I, I saw earlier that Max Home was going with with Bonesy McCoy, so that's always a, a bit of an indicator as well. Um, but no, yeah, it it is it's a, it's a really iconic course as well. Um, you know, from even just playing it on a uh, Tiger Woods games and the WGT uh, games as well. You know, it is quite an iconic course. So. It's a really tough run in the last four or five holes. You know, they're kind of notoriously tough. And I think you kind of need that in the golf course. And, you know, hopefully that it, it is a competitive finish towards the end and we get to see some some high octane action. Because if there was anything that the Augusta probably missed this year was maybe the finish, you know, Showfley kind of threw it away at 16. And you were just hoping that coming up to the, the last couple of holes that there is a, there is kind of a two-way tie for the lead or something and, and something can happen. You know, even going back to a major, you know, the US Open at Chambers Bay and all the coverage that happened or all the, the drama that happened up the, the 18th there, I think it would be special if, if something like that could happen as well, especially on, on a course like that. Anything can happen, really. Even going on the wind, if you get a an early clubhouse lead and you're kind of thinking two or three shots, what happens? And I think the wind can really affect that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose there's no better place to start when we're looking at players than Rory McIlroy, Paddy. And like he hadn't won since November 2019, which is an absolutely outrageous stat. And I, I guess the COVID it's lockdown... Rory McIlroy is outrageous for golf in yeah. general. It's, it's, it's yeah. Bland. <laughs> Not it's bland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's... Uh, and that's that's a good way of putting it, really, that he's judged on such high standards because there were good finishes in those 18 months. But just before he got the win, those couple of like results and the swing seemed lost it it did seem as an all-time low so it was victory that came as a surprise to many like I think he went off 20 plus to one like yeah like it's never a surprise for Rory winning I suppose uh, he's frustrating to to watch because we all have such I suppose high expectations of him um for me like the level of consistency Rory McIlroy has shown over the last number of years let alone since he last won um is along with having a child in the midst of that has been like uh, incredible. So for him to win again, it, it was only a matter of time. Um, I think the turning point was the the Open in Portrush. It kind of it kind of came back to him that you know this matters, um, and I think he he remained the same uh, the same team for a while. And then you know if you try the same things over and over and there's no change, that's that's the that's the, that's insanity right so he added a couple of key people um and within i think it's eight weeks of starting he, he's, he's back where he belongs and with rory that tends to open the floodgates right so now we're all back up going expectation expectation but it's 
every golfer is against the golf course. Um, I know about you, but I wake up different every day, and I'm sure Rory McIlroy does as well. Um, Shane, you could you, <laughs> you play plenty of golf, you'll know. I might hit left to right one day, or right to left the next. Generally, shot after shot. But for me, yeah, Rory McIlroy is the person to beat. Um, he statistically leads. All the, all the stats this year, uh, there's only a couple of players who come close. One is Mr. Spieth, um, the other is Mr. Shoffley. That's just the same names, but again, it'll all come down to what who what type of course will suit who. Um, but yeah, you, you can't, it, it's it's Roy McIlroy's to lose if on paper. Yeah, and it, it, it's just, like, like you said, even though we like well, we play golf at such a lower level than Roy McIlroy, Shane, he still seems to have the same problems that every other golfer has, but it was amazing seeing him win two weeks ago. And that's almost the perfect time to win. Cause you don't want to win the week before he's had a week off and he's preparing for this major, but it still comes that like he hasn't won a major in seven years. And I don't know if he's contended in, in that many considering it is Rory McIlroy, a lot of back backdoor top tens in there. Yeah. I won't lie. I'm extremely on the fence on Rory this week. It's as you mentioned, it is the best time to win two weeks out. He broke the duck 18 months after his last victory on tour. And I know he won here back in 2012 was that he went bogey free for his last 23 holes. And he knows the place. Well, obviously he's going to bring back some fond memories for him, but I just, I just think there's so many ways we can look at it. There's the win two weeks ago, how spectacular that was. Great to see him back. He has Paddy said, he's a new perspective on the game uh, with the child. And I suppose things are starting to come together for him again this year. But then there's also just the issue I find the shots gained around the greens. He ranks 91st on the PGA Tour. And I just think that's going to be huge this week, unless he puts on a ball striking phenomenon that we know he can do. But I just think you look as well there, this uh, championship throws up such random winners. You look back to when it was here in 2012. Uh, there was just names like David Lynn was runner-up, uh, Peter Hansen, Carl Peterson, Blake Adams all made the top 10. Um, I think it's just going to be wide open. And if the course does show its teeth like it can, uh, I think any can happen. And like we have mentioned the length of it, was it over 7,800 yards? But it's not going to play at that every day. There's going to be days where the tees are up. I presume tournament organisers are going to be well uh, up there with what's the or what the weather predictions are. And that it is going to, if the wind shows its teeth, it's not going to play as long as it is. And yeah, I just, I can't see, I just not fully, fully down on Rory winning this week. I think there's just so many factors and there is just that randomness of it, of the, who it's thrown up. And I'm hoping that we'll have that same uh, European buzz like we did nearly 10 years ago. But I can't agree with you guys. I'm thinking that Rory's the, the man this week. <laughs> So Champagne Hooley there says his putting drops off big time. So just the grass, right? The the seashore pass bottom, right? I love grass. But <laughs> it may, when you're putting on that type of grass, makes the, the below average putters, it's easier for them to put on. So people like Rory and that and that leaderboard from 2012, all decent ball strikers. But if you look at the averages, below average putters, a lot of them love grass. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be reseeding the garden, Paddy. <laughs> Immaculate out there. Like his wedges were like definitely improved two weeks ago. Um, on the putting, like is that a fair comment? Joke aside, on like when the pressure comes on the putting, because it does seem like it, it. There's a bit of a Lee Westwood about him at times when it, in in big tour. I'm not talking about like every day in PJ. I'm just talking about on a Sunday. Do you fancy Rory over an eight footer? You know, to keep himself in the hunt. Yeah, look, it's. I think it's all kind of feel and confidence with him. Um, I think uh, you know he, I've heard stuff that he's doing work with Bob Rotella as well and and people like that. So it does seem like he's kind of got his house in order. And and we spoke in the Masters preview saying about um, you know, having Pete Cowan and and I thought, look, if there's any time that I'm gonna fancy Roy for Augusta, you know, probably came too soon from. But I definitely think it's obviously a massive year for him. Um, and I think he would have really hurt a couple of years ago at Portrush. I think Paddy's right there. I think that would have just that would have shocked him to the core. I think that would have been a kind of a life-changing moment in, in front of him, the embarrassment of it and the most unroy McElroy thing you'll ever see. Um, and it was right off the first tee there. The thing with Rory is, if he play, he's one of them. If he plays his best, he's going to be there, thereabouts. At the moment, and, and what he has done over the last year or two, when he's not playing his best, 
He's not as big as a threat as he once was. Normally with Rory, you you know, even if he was seven or eight behind, and this is what he did so well at Quail Hollow, you'd think he'd be out of the tournament. And he kind of came back at Quail Hollow. And that's what I think the best players in the world are so good at. Like Justin Thomas's win at the players came from nowhere and just took that golf tournament and was there for, there on Sunday when it when it mattered coming you know, down towards the finish. And I think if, if Rory starts getting back in that mindset, especially even going further on where he's always in a golf tournament, he's not just there to to kind of get a top 20 or a top 15 because, you know, he doesn't need the money. He, you know, money's not an issue to him. It, it's about winning again. And that's what I think impressed me about Quail Hollow, that he had that little kind of a poor start, but he still found a way of, of coming through the field and winning. Um, and look, you know, you can write Rory on or you can make it look like a fool or you can make it look like a genius if you say he's going to win. You just don't know what Rory, but um, I, I certainly wouldn't be, be fancying him at ten to one. Certainly not, but I'd love to see him back up there. I think I think it'd be I think it'd be great for golf and be great for Irish golf, obviously with with hopefully an an Olympic year as well. Um, but no, I mm. think I'd have a few other players before Rory. Yeah, I forgot you'd actually put him up for the Masters, Sean. So you're no, a few no, weeks I, did, I, did, I didn't. I didn't put him as my official tip, but I said if there was ever a time, I went with JT, and even that didn't go well. I don't. Yeah, know. Well, listen, I went Jordan Speed, and just on Jordan Speed, Paddy, like I, I'd be big, big on him this week. Like I actually didn't realize he had COVID till um, he. Well, I don't think anyone did till he brought it up in an interview uh, last week, which which is because I just presumed he was taking the few weeks off after the Masters, but I haven't listened to him no laying up. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I listen to any interview or any sports person, I kind of instantly go well this person's un- unbelievable they're going to win everything but he just seems so more focused and so more in such a better headspace than he was a few months ago and he's definitely the form player in the world right now absolutely um absolutely like returning champion um morikawa he's renowned as the best iron player on tour he is second only to one person this year and that's jordan spieth so we go on about Jordan Speed holding fifty footers and holding all around him on the on the putting green, but he's he's statistically the best iron player. And statistically in in um in Kiowa, um the best player who approaches the green it generally wins the tournament. So you gotta look at Jordan Speed. And then well, the COVID factor maybe not, but he'll be focused on recovery anyway, all week anyway, as the top guys do. So yeah, like for, for me it's 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 a, it's a two horse race. If you're looking at the paper, two horse race, McIlroy speed. So you know where my my big money is going this week is on is on those two thoroughbreds. <laughs> so the way to do it sometimes just back the back the favorites favorites win. Uh, Shane, in fairness, like and Paddy made a good point there, and I noticed in the Masters, like his um, ball striking was phenomenal. And I think over throughout the tournament, I think there was 54, 55 players that played all four days, and he was fifty fourth in strokes gained putting for the week. So he just seemed to have a a cold day or cold week with the putter that cost him the tournament. Yeah, I remember that interview you're referencing and he said that he sees the Masters as a missed opportunity that he was able to finish as high as he did and ranking so poorly in putting. Because it's going to be huge, I suppose, every time the Masters comes around, we talk about Rory in the career Grand Slam. And this week we have Jordan Speed going for his own career Grand Slam. So I suppose it's going to be huge as the hype builds, as the week goes on. There's going to be a lot of chat around that. Uh, but then, as Paddy said, the form that he's in this year, you look in his start since Christmas, he's only finished outside the top 15 twice, a missed cut to start the year at the Farmers and a tied 48 at the Players. Uh, he has that win in there, so he is in serious form. Um, he is someone that I'm all in on this week, a uh, huge speed fan, and I would love to see him get over the line for that career Grand Slam. And as we said that, like, it's not only his putting this year that's been so impressive, it's been his all-round game. So if he can get that putter hot like we know he can, then I think he's a serious chance. And he's definitely someone that I'm going to be putting a close eye on this week and I'm going to have my speed jersey on. Yeah, so there's me, Sean, thinking I was coming, not not necessarily a bit of an angle, but, you know, Jordan Spieth. But the lads are just agreeing with me now. This is boring. Tell me why Jordan Spieth won't win this week. Um, I had to, I what. I think the pressure doing a Grand Slam, and I think the fact that obviously, because it's Augusta for Rory, and he goes back to the same place, it's it's the narrative every year when you think of Rory at Augusta with, with Jordan, that can kind of go under the radar. But you know, if he takes the the thirty six hole lead or the fifty four hole lead, and everything is all of a sudden, it's you know, can can we get another um, Grand Slam member? I think the pressure could get a little bit too much for him, but you know. I watched him on, on Saturday night and uh, he made a couple of bogeys on, I think it was 16 and 17. 
and then or 15 and 16 and then he walked in a power put on 17 i was like this this guy's unbelievable and then when like you know when he's going to the 18 the power five i was like oh, this fella could could even make an eagle and the way he just makes that put off the crane at 18 is like this you know he's a one of a kind i mean when he's when he want like it's the same with probably there's probably seven or eight golfers when they want to play their best i mean they're just no one no one can compete with them and uh i think with jordan he's you know he's a little bit unlucky recently and he's been i think the thing with him he's been in contention contention so often and obviously having the win the week before augusta helps him but the fact that he's so consistent and how he's playing at the moment you, you have to give him a, a right good chance but you know i think i just see emmett's point there about playing texas obviously he's a he's a local lad there as well maybe that pressure does coming in but i just think if especially if he takes the 36 or the 54 hole lead and everyone around the world is talking about this guy could be the the next grand slam member and you know it, it'd be an incredible i think it'd be big for golf as well and especially for jordan because of the it's like rory these golfers get to such highs but they also get to such lows and i you know to think what Jordan Speed has gone through the last couple of years and, and to come out the other side would be would be a real testament to him because you know, people were writing him off. And I'm you know, I remember I think it was the the farmers insurance open watching him in a in um a, a featured groups about two or three years ago and I was just like, This this guy's lost. Like there's no way he can get back to the level and you know, there's one thing coming back and competing again, but to be competing in the big tournaments. And you're right about Augusta. I think he, I think for him and, and Justin Thomas, I think they would have been the two guys who walked away from Augusta most disappointed that they weren't within striking distance come Sunday because I think they both played well enough to be there, just a couple of mistakes each. Um, but I think it would be unbelievable if if we get a Justin or if we get a Jordan Speed Roy McIlroy group, you know, within uh, the third or within uh, the third round or the fourth round. I think it would just be electric. Yeah, we always do this though. We build up. It's usually two or three golfers mm-hmm. per tournament. Like Bryson's not in the picture at the moment. Like for some reason, just because we're just talking about Jordan Speed and Rory. But I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Like, uh, like where's Bryson? Where's the world number one? Like we're not talking about them. You know. <laughs> well, let's Justin talk. Let's talk about one. the <laughs> The floor is but yours. Like, uh, well, like Bryson, yeah, he's long as off the tee, but he, he's negative putting this year, <laughs> right? Like negative. He's 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 cost. Is he's losing shots? He's not gaining them. Um, at pro level, which is mad. Um, and Dustin Johnson, I think he's spending too much time with the, with the wife to be. Maybe she's she's a big distraction, as she would be for anyone. But um, it's it's Dustin Johnson. But he's he's more frustrating than Rory McIlroy. You know, if you're American, you're like he's no world number one. He should be winning all around him. But like he's, he could just turn around. He could just, he could turn around on Thursday morning, and he's fit to go hot in terms of he he could shoot 63, 64, and then, you know he, he's liable to do that. He can just switch it on and and that's it. Clear the mechanism. No one else has a chance. Um, but yeah, Bryson is a Bryson might have to bulk up and eat a few more protein bars or whatever. But um. It just shows the distance isn't everything. You know, it got him his win. A lot of people would do it just for the one major, but um no, that's that's my piece in two of them. Like Dustin, you don't know. He's he's one you'd you'd back on a on a Friday just before the cut line or on a Saturday morning. Depending. You don't know what Dustin Johnson's gonna show up. Yeah, and I definitely feel like he's the last. It almost felt like since he started the year so well, and he's just kind of tailed off in recent weeks. Uh, shame, like Bryson. Like I know, if, like to talk going into November's Masters, it's all we could talk about. And it died down a little bit before this year's Masters, and it seems no one's talking about Bryson now, except Bryson, which is a, a weird kind of quirk. Yeah, I this week I'm not feeling Bryson either. Um, uh, what was it? Just a week on in uh, Texas at the AT&T, Byron Nelson. I think I read that he was number one for shots gained off the tee and still finished tied 55th or something outrageous like that. So it just shows it's not all about off the tee. Um, so, yeah, I haven't. I think he is obviously, yes, he's so such a phenomenal athlete that he could pull it off. But no, I wouldn't be putting my money on him. Um, and then it's the same with DJ. He pulled out last week with an injury. Uh, was it was a knee injury. And yeah, I know you can say beware of the injured golfer, but it is quite worrying that if you're not playing the week before because of an injury, it's it's a not good sight. Especially you saw Brooks Kepka played the Masters injured, and it didn't go well for him. So now there's the two guys you definitely don't have me sold on them either. I'll agree with you, Paddy. 
Yeah, Sean, maybe Bryce and Dustin, or where do you want to go in the rest of the top market before maybe we talk about Shane? You know, the comment here and here saying John Ram started his baby bouncing around for the Masters and he can carry it on. You know, so just, I've heard worse angles in fairness. Yeah, I, I think with John uh, Ram is, you know, I, I kind of said this, remember after the, the Masters recap from November, you asked me how many majors he's going to win. I was like, you know, he could just be one of these golfers that takes, and you know, he, he looks, he appears to be too good a golfer not to, win a big major soon or a, a massive golf tournament soon. But you know, the same thing could have been said about, you know, Colin Montgomery or Sergio Garcia or Lee Westwood. And I just think until he wins one, he could end up like a Ricky Fowler. Um, and obviously, you know, with Ricky, he's had a brilliant career, but you always feel like they've underachieved. And with John, with John Ram, I think he needs to win a, a big major soon. Obviously he's got the game and on, you know, his world rankings would, would tell you he, he deserves to be up there at the head of the market. Um, I think he's one of those golfers that will just always play well and will always be, you know, a top four, a top five. And you look at a an event sometimes, you'll just be like, oh, geez, he's t- he's tied for seventh or something. You'd you'd never have seen him. Um, but I I do think he needs to needs to win a big one. And I think the thing with John Ram is, I think he's I think he's spoken before about being a little bit frustrated with how he's played in majors that he hasn't necessarily got to, you know, the the seventieth hole or the the seventy first hole where he's properly in at an event and he has the lead going into the last couple. And I think if he gives himself a chance, I think he'll have every chance of of winning a big one. Um, but I'm not sure. I think maybe um, when we get to Tory Pines, I'd be more confident in him. Um, obviously, having won his first PJ uh, Tour event there a couple of years ago, so I, I'd be more confident with him there. With with DJ and and Bryson, I think the lads are right. You don't know what what guy you know. You don't know what they're going to show up at. I think with Bryson, I I he frustrates me a lot. So every time I kind of see him tied fifty four to whatever, I go ah. Oh. It's never gonna it's never gonna work and then you forget what he did what he did at Wingfoot. Um so it I think that I think a lot of people forget he's actually the US Open champion. Um or certainly I do. Um but again, <laughs> you, you don't know what he's gonna do with him and DJ. You know, these two guys could rock up and shoot the lights out between them and have a have a kind of a battle for the ages, but um I'm not sure. Yeah, well I suppose the last thing on Bryson, like, you know, he won the Arnold Palmer, tied third the players and then, you know, three of the last four starts have been really bad. But he, what, there is a tied ninth in there. So, uh, interesting on Ricky Fowler, I just looked up his world ranking. Anyone want to guess where he's ranked in the world right now? Is he like 230th? No, not that bad. Not that bad. Jeez, no. 128th. But it's, it's, it just shows you, though, like if someone tells you, like, in four years' time, John Rand's going to be 128th. Just as an example, it just shows you that the good golf he- doesn't... And poor old Ricky, Nick Faldo was slagging him there, I heard, and Ricky had to do it. There's, there's no need for that now, yeah. Yeah, so I I kind of looked and I was just looking through the price earlier and I said, Ricky Fowler, I mean, he's 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 bound to, he's bound to do something again soon. But I think I think with those golfers, it, it's similar to George Speed. You can just get yourself in a rut and, and there's probably no way, no real way out of it bar unless you, you find a new coach or you find a new way of doing things. But, you know, that's the problem with the John Ram. You know, John Ram will be as anxious as anyone to win a big major soon and a big tournament, you know, like a like a players or a you know, a big career defining tournament for him and I think he has to find that soon and maybe the the baby bounce from Augusta could could help. Yeah, Shane, we'll probably go to you then for Shane, Larry, then to start off with. Um, are you kind of looking at him as an outside pick this week? You know, he's, he's always seems to be playing solid-ish golf at times, but um, is there a second major in Shane, Larry? Really is probably a good question to start with. For me, I would have always said Shane Larry was the guy that just pops up. Um, you know, he'll get his win every six to 12 months um, and a big tournament at that, as we all know, between the majors and the WGC. But this year, just looking at Lowry, he has the same amount of missed cuts as he does top tens, and that's two each. Um, I said previously that I think it's a huge course, that scrambling is a very important. But uh, looking at his potting here, his shots gained potting on the PGA Tour is 147. Um, I personally, again, going to be the negative guy on Lowry. I don't see him doing it. I don't see him competing this week. Um, it's a monster of a golf course and I just don't think this is one that suits him. We know if the conditions get bad, he's the kind of guy you'd like to see out there. You saw from Port Rush that Saturday, but again, just this week, I don't think he's going to turn it around. Um, he's been having a, a mixed start to the year. Obviously there's a huge talk about him making Harrington's Ryder Cup team for September. And I think there's a huge amount of pressure around that. 
Um, and I just don't think he's going to turn it around this week. I think there's there's too much um, too much pressure on him, and he hasn't performed since since Christmas. Uh, so I wouldn't. I sadly as well to finish my point. You asked, uh, do I think there's a second major in him? And I don't think there is a second major in him. I think it's this week. <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so the putting thing, the grass, right? We don't need to cover it again. Um, people who perform well at <laughs> Harbour Town, which is a couple of events ago, do well in uh, Kiowa Island. Um, Shane Lowry loves a difficult golf course. That's two ticks. The grass, the third tick. Um uh, the around the green stat is the second most important stat here and we all know Shane Lowry is pretty adept with the old lob wedge so that's why I, I, I'd be picking him in terms of pressures for Ryder Cup he'll be on the Ryder Cup team he's out every day with Mr Harrington free every <laughs> tournament having the crack and I don't know if you follow his social media but he'll be on the Ryder Cup team Um even with results like uh, in the players eight, in the Masters, uh, in the RPC, so he's performed well in the in, in top tournaments this year. So Ryder Cup, he's on it. Um, there will be weather this week, um, so Lowry's worth a punt. Yeah, Sean, Close I suppose you, you don't do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I wasn't expecting that in Shane Lowry, but Sean, I suppose you don't do like dive bombs into your your mace pool and then they don't pick you for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, no, I just as soon as you said, I just thought Darren Clark uh, a couple of years ago and Lee Westwood missing that putt to lose to Ryan Moore. Um, that just kind of came back in my head. But no, I I think with, I think there's actually a big week for a lot of players because it's, now I'm not saying it's as overly similar to Whistling Straits, but it's that same kind of golf course that you might find a kind of a linksy American style courses, you know, kind of similar in that regard. But I think it's a massive week, massive week for Shane because I think he'll, he'll fancy his chances. You know, Tory Pines will it overly suit him? I'm not sure. I think we we might see one of the big four or five golfers win that there at the U.S. Open, especially. Um, and then obviously he's going to go to Royal St George. I think it is to um, to to defend his Open. So I think that that could be a week where he either does really well or you know he kind of succumbs to the pressure. So I think I think this is a a big chance for him. Um, I think. Poor Hart is going to be praying that Shane gives him some sort of uh, rope to to pick him because I, he doesn't want to be picking someone that's you know 150th in the world and or you know not that bad but his form is you know he he can't pick someone like that um, and obviously Harrington's got a big call to make with someone like Francesco Molinari who you know let's not forget was the hero of Paris a few years ago and his performances recently are, you know do leave a lot to be desired. So, you know, going, if you're looking ahead, I'm sure Harrington would, would want better circumstances for some of his, his big players. And obviously Rory's a big plus for him and, and Justin Rose at Augusta would be another plus. I think with Larry is, look, he, he's such a good golfer as well around the greens. And I think that obviously judging by the stats is massive, but you can't legislate for some of his putting recently and the form of his putting. And to be 140 in, in strokes gain putting is atrocious. And the weeks that he's putted well and he's made a few big putts, you know, he's still missing an awful lot there. He's still three or four shots back from being in proper contention. And I think, look, his, his putting will eventually come and, he, and he's gone left hand over right and he's reversed his, his grip and stuff. And I'm not sure how helpful that will be. But certainly, I mean, if he puts well, he the way he's hitting the ball at the moment, he's very happy. I think with his driving as well, you know, he, he'll give himself a chance. I think there's probably, I'm not sure if there's another major in him, but there's definitely a big, another big contention in him. You know, he's contended at a U.S. open. He's contended. Obviously he's won the, won the open. I do think there, there still is another big contention in, in him for him. And if he can get over the line, brilliant. Um, but I, I would be kind of fancy him, maybe not at the price he is now, but considering the the last leaderboard in 2012 with, with a few Europeans up there, uh, you know, I don't think we'll, I, I don't think he, mm. I don't think he he'll be far away if if he can put well. That is, I mean, if he puts as as he has been doing, he, he won't be anywhere. Yeah, so we're going to move on maybe to the tips or any other selections or any other golfers you have fancy. And I suppose Emma Dini has a comment here. Should John Catlin be fav? That's 350 to one shot, John Catlin there, job. Emmett. But uh, in fairness, yeah, Emmett, Emmett loves a, a long price and they always kind of do well. Like they might get a birdie the first or something and then the, the bogeys just start tumbling. But Paddy, yeah, you've kind of probably looked at the field. Is there anyone you you haven't mentioned that you're kind of looking at this week? Uh, Abraham answer. 
He is, he is, one second, get the Rolodex out. He is sneaky long off the tee and he's fourth in strokes gained off the tee this year. And he has possibly the hottest short game on tour. His ball striking is unbelievable. So he's definitely there. And I'll keep it short. The second guy is Sam Burns, who is possibly the hottest, streakiest golfer at the moment, has a win under the belt and is strokes gained everywhere except around the greens. And his win was from hitting greens. So he's long and he's accurate. So as long as he doesn't hit too many greens, you'll see Sam Burns up there. Yeah, Sean, I suppose we had a Shane Sexton mm. on the podcast on Football Predictions and he wrote off Sam Burns saying he won't win on the tour. And since then he has a win and this could, he, could be his first major maybe? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, looking on uh, on Saturday and to see his name up there and it was similar with uh, Higo on, on the European tour. Like, I mean, how these golfers can be just so streaky when they want to be and, and be shooting the lights out and still in uh, contention for big tournaments. But I think it, it could be a big old ass to, to win the PGA. But obviously, like some of the names that have won it, you know, a lot of first-time winners as well of these events. Obviously, Brooks has, has won a couple as well. But, you know, it'd be interesting to, to, to see is there any young no, because you got to remember the age more cow is coming straight out of college. Like these guys are fearless, you know, some of these players, um, and obviously I'm not going to see Matthew Wolf, I don't think, but some of these players that are coming out of college, they're just, they've no fear that there's so much quality and, you know, they're taking, they're taking the PGA tour by storm. A lot of them are in the European tour to be fair. Yeah. Shane, for those watching, get, get your likes and get, get a comment in on who's going to win the PGA for you. Anyone that we haven't mentioned, or you haven't mentioned that you're kind of looking at this week, you've seen to written off the Irish challenge. So I'm expecting a, a good substitute in their place. He's going to pick a British, um, pick a British. Lee Westwood. <laughs> you got me, Paddy. Um, yeah, I think this is a real 50, 51, but I think he's too good. Not, to start contending in a major soon and that's Terrell Hatton um, I know he missed three out of three cuts at the majors in 2020 um, but he does he's five top tens in majors five are either open or USPGA the other one was at a US Open at Shinnecock Hills so he likes a link style golf course this is as close to an American links as you're going to get 10 holes on the ocean so uh, it's time for to to start making a move in major championships. He has a win back in January in the Abu Dhabi Championship. And if you look at the majors, I know I mentioned the, the first leaderboard that was there in 2012, but 22 of the last 24 major winners have come from inside the world's top 25 that week. There hasn't been a shock major winner in quite some time. So yeah, I'm going to go with Terrell Hatton and I'm going to big him up this week. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, see, the problem in, on these kind of podcasts, someone makes a case and you're like, yeah, I'm going to back answer now after this podcast. I'm going to back Hatton. Uh, I'm going to back Sam Burns. I'm going to back John Catlin. But Sean, th- that's a very interesting stat. The 22 out of the last 24 major winners have come from inside the top 25. Yeah, no, you do kind of, you do get the kind of romantic eyes and um, it could well, it could well be, you know, Shane Lowry probably was one of them. Um, so, like, it is, it is quite a bizarre uh, thing to kind of think about sometimes when you do look at it. And you know, DJ winning in November as world number one. How often has that happened? You know, it is quite staggering going back. Um, I've kind of gone with one. Or I've gone with a couple here. I think obviously, Mark Leishman is someone who who plays in in very difficult conditions. You know, Wayne Riley always talks about him growing up and some of the courses in Australia where, you know, you wake up one morning and it's completely different wind direction and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he was a lot better at a, at Augusta and he, I think he seems to have settled down. Obviously he had a few issues in his personal life, but he's also one of the most likable guys um, when you hear him interviewed and stuff. So I think Mark Leishman's always a good person to root for and someone who I love in major championships who I just love in general is Brandon Grace. Now Paddy mentioned Puerto Rico earlier on the show Um he obviously won at Puerto Rico this year, um, and has it, you know, hasn't played well in majors recently. He has the the record, I think, sixty two at was a Troon a few years ago. Um, he's just a brilliant golfer. I love Brendan Grace and someone who loves playing in the we in in the wind as well. Um, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a punt on on Brandon Grace. He's one of them. He'll either be six or seven over, or he could well be there. But 
know, I see a few of the comments coming in. But I think the thing is, for the worst thing with with majors like this, you could make a case for any one of those, the top twenty five to win, or any any one of the outsiders like John Cantlin uh, looks a great show, a couple three time winner on the European tours, had a great few years heading into his first major. But you know, I think that stat that the the stat that winning in your first time round a major, so I think three hundred fifty to one's a pretty good pretty good price for uh, for John. Yeah, Paddy, I know you wanted to talk about Cam Smith, did you? Uh, just because he's got a serious head of lettuce and anyone who has a head of lettuce like that, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's obviously laid back, doesn't doesn't care too much about the game, which, which you need to at that level, but he's a serious baller. Uh, he's always up there at Augusta, so his ball striking is on point, his putting's on point, and Augusta is, is as long as any of them. So, um, yeah, my not-so-sneaky pick. So I I I pick like five or six big money yeah. on big money being a tenor to win on <laughs> Rory and Speed and you know the eat away money Sam Burns answer and um, my guy Cam yeah you gave Hovland a shout but you you wouldn't make your shortlist. Oh, he's on my shortlist. Oh, the shortlist is five. You know, the shortlist is five. He's on it. <laughs> uh, for you Shane then so what's what's your kind of final selections there your, is your main bet's probably going to be Tyrrell Hatton by the sounds of it yeah so I've been kind of small now this week uh, they have the four I picked at the Masters the only one to finish in the top eight was Patrick Reed so I've narrowed it down and who wants to be that guy rooting for Patrick Reed but um, <laughs> yeah i of my or going into the PGA this week, I have two picks, and it's going to be Jordan Spieth and Tyrrell Hatton. I'm confident one of the two of them. I think with what Jordan Spieth's gone through, be nice for that fairy tale for him to get the career Grand Slam this week, and also for Brit Tyrrell Hatton. I think that it's time for an Englishman to start competing in the majors again soon. They've yeah, had their me, day. I, They've had their day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah for me, I, I'm probably agreeing with the Jordan Speech show, to be fair. And I've been kind of looking at Dan Berger, Sean, similar to what yeah. I said at the Masters, just copy and paste. And he just didn't turn up Augusta. Augusta might not be his course, but um, copy and paste. <laughs> if anyone wants to listen back to what I said about Dan Berger, they'd be my two kind of uh, tentative fancies. But yeah, for you, Sean, you, you've kind of gone through your main ones. But and yeah, else, last thing, last thoughts really. Maybe if I was to go short price one, I think, look, I think with someone like Patrick Reed, you've got, you, you, I wouldn't say a safe bet. You're someone who, who will never give up. And, you know, he, you speak about chippers. He's an unbelievable um, short mm. game around the greens and, and really event him and event of really good ball strike as well. Can control his flight, um, which I think is obviously key with the wind. Um, and yeah, doesn't, those, get, those, doesn't get caught cheating either. So he's yeah, got that yeah. <laughs> He, uh, well, he's not the nicest guy to back, I know, but it, it's maybe worth keeping an eye on. And someone I'm very interested in seeing, and obviously he's had a few good weeks recently, and obviously they got to the playoff in, in the St. Jude's, was Charles Swartz. I think it's brilliant to see someone like him back playing at a reasonably high level. Because um, everyone, you know, everyone forgets that he obviously won the match, but he, he had a couple of really good seasons on the European Tour before that. Um, and there's another fella I really like, and... And now he, he, Chris Kirk at 125 to one. He just reminds he he's kind of very familiar to David Lynn or Chris Lynn for me. I just feel like he's a uh, or David Lynn. It is. I think it's someone else. Um, very similar kind of um look as well. But and obviously his story is is inspirational as well. So I'd love I'd love to see him up there competing and and maybe doing a rich beam on it or something. And I think I think Rich is still in the field as well or something. So that'd be one to look out for. <laughs> we'll never hear the end of it from Sky with Rich is contending but uh, yeah speaking of Sky Paddy final thoughts Are you what, what's your plan for the week are you one of them that watches wall to wall coverage do you tune in Saturday Sunday what's the plan I'll tune in like I'll keep abreast of it through the through the app even though it's a pretty poor app but it's it's real time so I'll, I'll just keep track and have my favourites I have a couple of screens up here so work will be on that one and Sky Sports Plus will be on that one um, or Sky Go but um, yeah, I, I really tune into stuff kind of Saturday evening and, and really like the last back now because when you have kids, you kind of, they, you have to pay some attention to them. So, <laughs> but yeah, Saturday night, Sunday night, that's where I'll be a bag of Doritos and so maybe something stronger. <laughs> well, depending how the pigs are going, of course. But yeah, Shane, what about you? Thursday to Sunday? 
Uh, yeah, so I'll be here working from home, so I'll be watching the golf uh, from Thursday on. Tough at the weekends, might be a few distractions. <laughs> Your words, Paddy, not mine, but I agree. Um, so yeah, I'll be watching it all weekend. The distractions will be at the weekend, I suppose, go out, play a bit of golf, whatever, and back in Kinsale for the week, so looking forward to getting out to Kinsale Golf Club. But yeah, I will definitely Thursday, Friday be my big days and try and sneak it in the evenings after golf at the weekend. Yeah, Sean, I know what you're like on major week, it kind of takes over. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and obviously, the, the worst thing I find about golf coverage is because it, the commentators say the same thing and you just hear it, like, repeat it. Like, Paul McGinley will, will whip out. It's a, always brilliant stats, but you hear the same lines about different things. But I think maybe that's what Augusta as well just feels like every year has been saying. But I, I, I forgot to mention, and I saw an article on it, Kevin Kisner is a South Carolina man and the course is in South Carolina and I know a few you know big Twitter personalities are, are best mates from him and they're always big for a big major from him so maybe this week uh, could be it for Kevin Kisner but now that look major season is, is brilliant and you know it's a massive summer for golf and golf is probably in a, in a difficult position as well with uh, with controlling the ball and how many yards and I think this would be a massive test I mean if if Bryson is hitting a 480 or, or, you know, making holes look a joke with the wind, you know, could could just be a disaster for uh, the USPGA. Yeah, I'm going to shamelessly, shamelessly take Paddy's uh, comment in the live chat here, there in our little private chat here. It's like drinking game. Every time they say longest course in PGA history on Sky, and if you're sitting there for five or six hours, you're going to hear it a few times. But as Paul McGinley says, as always, it'll come down to a bit of match play at the end. And that right, Sean? Yeah, a bit of match play. <laughs> but listen that's it for the USPJ preview thanks for watching on YouTube uh, there'll be up with a podcast if you've missed a little bit of it uh, at Tackling Sport and social media and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel we really appreciate it but my thanks to Shane from uh, Talk Birdie to me thanks very much guys looking forward to doing it again soon sometime absolutely and no, nice easy name this time thanks thanks to Paddy from Paddy Talks Golf no thank you boys you're doing great stuff and um, yeah let's enjoy the golf this week from the armchair and if we can get out and play for yours ourselves even better absolutely absolutely and you can follow the lads I'll link all the social media and to you Sean thanks Mill and hopefully hopefully enjoy the, the golf as I said attacking sports social media we'll be back on Thursday and from all of us goodbye but it doesn't matter what you that's the episode folks that's the preview so yes I hope Abraham Anzer comes in I hope Cam Smith comes in sneak a suspicion Victor Hovland is going to do the job this week but it really is Mr McElroy's or Mr Speeds to lose on paper anyway but that's golf it ain't one on paper if you have enjoyed this week's episode let me know let the folks in tackling sport know all of their details and my details as usual will be in the show notes below and should we do it again? Should we make this like a recurring major preview between Tackling Sport and my good self and Talk Birdie to me? I enjoyed it. Uh, check out the visuals. It's on YouTube. There forevermore. Um, so yeah, let me know if you enjoyed. Leave a podcast review where you can. That would be on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know how to do that, I'll show you how to uh, in my Instagram highlights. So if that's your thing, please go do it. But if you can, please tell a friend. Tell one friend about the show, about this little Irish golf podcast who is uh, punching above his weight. And I'm fairly heavy. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the PGA Championship. See you on the social medias. Uh, see you on the line. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. Paddy.